All right, before I get started on the podcast episode, I really want to give a quick shout out to groups like Skype and uh, Microsoft Teams and you know Slack and Google Hangouts and all these groups that really make it easy for a lot of us to communicate and connect with each other in these times where everyone's really practicing social distancing. If you don't have a means to be able to talk to your friends or anything like that, or just have little discussions like I'm having right now, uh, please hit me up. Let us know. Reach out to the Slimmest Podcast on our IG or on Facebook or anything like that, and I'll be more than happy to connect you with a way to be able to increase your reach and connect. Hey guys, welcome to another Quarantine Diaries episode of the Slimus Podcast. If you recall from my episode, The New Norm, which was another part of the Quarantine Diaries, I actually predicted that there would be an increase in church attendance due to the fact that, truthfully, nothing brings people closer to their faith, or at least questioning their faith, than their own mortality. And in times that we're living in where there is an abundance of fear and uncertainty, groups like churches become viable options for some to find solace and possible hope in something greater than their fear. So to put that to the test, I actually invited my friend Adam Schertz, who is the pastor of Broadway United Methodist Church. And we have a conversation about that, as well as how COVID-19 has had an effect on the way that they run things. It's a pretty good conversation. It's a really easy listen, just like 25 minutes or so. So take your time, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode five of the Quarantine Diaries. Telepraise. side <laughs> so, so on my side there's a fan and so i didn't know if you could hear i can't it. hear i cannot hear. All right. All right, sweet. um so i just wanted to get your you know just to go into it to uh have a really quick conversation just sort of see where things are going right now with oh. with the current situation and kind of like where you see things and maybe if you've noticed any changes in in your realm yeah, you know, so it's a rapidly changing kind of environment, and uh, we've been trying to keep up with just what's happening and you know how to respond to that. I think immediately, I and mean, we can you can direct this how you know whatever direction you'd like to go. But immediately, the first thing I saw was just a real struggle to evaluate the uh, the information that we were getting and trying to make sense of what was true and what yeah. wasn't. And how do you, how do you wade through information and how do faith communities do that? Uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a strange, almost like a social science experiment. It felt really? like, yeah. So we had, you know, I, I think what we, I noticed about uh, us and other faith communities is that we are wired uh, really to do one thing, which is to be together once a week. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. not totally true, but it's like kind of like everything is kind of centered around that. And what's interesting is that that world, our world has been changing around us for, we, we know, we know that that is less and less the, the norm or less and less the reality for actual people, but our systems and our processes and our mindsets were all geared toward that. So this sort of change that in the course of a very, you know, a very short amount of time, we are no longer getting together all together, so to speak, once, once a week. And so it was like the paradigm broke, like, hmm. like got dropped and broke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's not all been, that's not been all bad. Uh, it's, there's been a lot of good, but it, you know, like the first thing I noticed was that some 
communities really resisted that. They felt like, no, it would be like an act against God not to get Oh my together, gosh. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. so I, I had to push against, you know, some of that, not so much in me, but around me. And I felt like we would be doing something different when Broadway decided to not have worship. So you had these two things going on, like everything in us wants to, to do this thing we've always done. And then two, there's a lot of social pressure, uh, a lot of theological you know, reflection on what it means to listen to the government and, um, and that not be a political, you know, like a, yeah. choosing sides politically. I wonder if an, a little bit of that political division is broken because we are all kind of, this is against all of us and, you know, yeah. we're all, we're all in it together. But, you know, there were other churches saying things like we're going to we're going to get together anyway and um, we're not going to be afraid. So, you know, themes of faith and fear kind of, you know, were, were swirling around for a bit. So, so we decided to not gather and to listen to wisdom. And um, man, I, I think there's been a lot of a lot of good that's come out of, okay, now what? Uh, so like our staff had to spend a week, you know, the, the very short amount of time figuring out how to do what we do differently and to live stream and to, um, then to create strategies to stay connected and, um, to reach out to people and to be community, uh, without that gathering point. And yeah. it's, it's been challenging, but also cool to see the developments of that, like a, like a daily FaceTime or live prayer time, which is just Mm -hmm. like one of our pastors was sitting today with his family and, you know, his daughter helped lead the Lord's prayer for us. It was, that's just, that's, you know, we're in their living room and they're in our living room. That's, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of cool. You know, I've wondered like with, with moments like these, and we've said it on different episodes that a lot of groups definitely got exposed because of all this, the changes and stuff. They realized just how inefficient they were. They'd sort of been operating. And I would think that in something like this, it's very easy for me to separate the politics from it all because it's just pure biology. You know, when there's some kind of sickness, it's like just people being in the same area over and like a massive group of people being in the same area that there's no politics behind that. That's just how people, other people get sick. And so it was always, it was always fascinating to me and a little bit troubling to see people get upset about not having to being able to go into uh, church or anything like that. And so it started making me think like really how deep is a person's faith if they're going to get pissed off about not being able to go somewhere Sunday, it doesn't seem any different than me getting irritable or pissed off about not being able to go to the gym or something like that. Just something getting the way of that. And so it's like, that's what, that's why I said it makes me start to question other people's faith, because I would imagine that you don't need the building to do what you want to do. And so, um, I think it's cool seeing a lot of the different groups like yours really try to, um, uh, to be malleable and to be flexible and to try and learn different ways. I'm assuming, and I haven't watched them, but I'm assuming your, your live streams look like Taliban hostage videos or something like that, or are they kind of yeah, just like, you know, that was, that was kind of the look we were going for. You know? so, 
So I'm, I hope that's I hope that's the case. <laughs> no, in some ways it looks a little more like uh like a studio, which was like really? weird, you know. But like, okay, we're gonna be uh almost like in a living room, and it's mm-hmm. been different. It's been we've you know done this two weeks, you know, it's been different each time. But you know, a lot of our conversations are even about how do we keep each other safe with the the few people that do have to gather to to stream stuff. And, you know, like yeah. we, can we do parts of like we had in our live stream, we had five recorded pieces and mm-hmm. a couple of those were from people's homes, you know? So, you know, what, what makes it cohesive and work and still worshipful, you know, like pointing mm-hmm. people to God and to, to each other, you know, the coolest thing. Okay. So the sort of irony of this is that, uh, I was, I was actually gone. I was not, I was not in town the the last week that we gathered and uh, we had, I was in Florida actually. And we had like, I had to spend like half a day figuring out how to do uh, or not do communion. So we do, you know, we take bread and uh, we hand it to people and they dip it into a cup and then they eat it. And it's like, that sounds safe right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like we had one strategy, uh, to like make that as safe as possible. And then I was like, I'm going to call like the infectious disease specialist is, is a friend of mine and a member of our church. I'm just, Hey, hey how about I call her and see what yeah. she said? And she says, don't do it. And so yeah. we're like, we're not, we're not going to do it. Uh, but then, uh, so we gathered, but we didn't have communion, which is mm-hmm. you know, a symbol of our, uh, the, uh, of our being pulled into and remembering the story of the sacrifice of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a th- the thing that unites us. And, um, so then the next week, fast forward, we go to, uh, breakouts and everybody's in their homes and we just said, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to do communion. So like, we do, <laughs> like, Hey, yeah. and like my nephew is like, uh, you know, a little guy, he's, he's like, he was in charge of getting those things together in their house so that they could all, you know, they're serving each other. And it's like, wow, this is, this is cool. This is, this is is different. And there's an ownership Mm -hmm. and intimacy that wasn't, wasn't there when we were all. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think when you sort of get, when you get into like everyone in the same room doing the same thing, it seems like you can essentially mentally check out and just sort of follow the rhythm and sort of be um, a part of, uh, and this, I don't want this to sound negative, but to be part of a herd where it takes no thought to do it. Exactly. For me. And I'm, I'm sort of a recipient of it rather than an active, uh, you know, part of a a participant. And I think that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, and so I would imagine that it would, when people are doing the things at their home, they're sort of thinking about, okay, there's, there's the fact that I can't go somewhere to, I can't really go to a place and physically be around these people. And when I think that if you try to become an active participant in all the stuff that you're doing, and we, that's something that we say in our podcast is being an active participant in your life, but being an active participant in something like this, I would imagine that whenever things clear up, that it's going to mean more for a lot of people because yeah. you it's been away from you. So yeah, I would that, think that, that game, I think, yes, yes, totally. And so the other question I was going to have, or the other comment I wanted to make was the fact that I have this feeling, and I said this on my, um, on one of my previous episodes, I've been doing um, a series called quarantine diaries. And so 
I did an episode called The New Norm, and I said how I predicted that more people are going to probably, uh, people that weren't in the church will probably start going again. And uh, it's when faced with that level of uncertainty and when faced with doubt and stuff like that. So my question to you is, have you seen any sort of, I don't know if you're tracking analytics on the people that watch your streams or anything like that. Um, but we are, are you we seeing, are, yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing like any sort of an uptick in people that are wanting to get interested or people reaching out to you for anything like that? Because nothing makes people start to question, you know, question the existence of, a, of, of God than their own mortality, you know, like and the fact that there's no medicine or cure or anything like that for it. And everyone is just kind of around wonder. We, we also know that it's a normal human uh, necessity, if you will, to, to either seek control or to be led or controlled or something like that. And I don't see that as a negative thing to say like that, but just to have something bigger than you kind of leading you, if that makes sense. And so I wondered, is that something that you're starting to see more from people who may not have been members of your group? Right. I think the answer, short answer is yes. Um, a couple of interesting kind of numbers. We, um, we use a, a, Another church, LifeChurch.tv, makes the the live stream format available to whoever wants to use it. We've been using that for three years, and typically we have sixty five to a hundred, say just round it off, people who engage uh, in our worship services weekly. That's before the the virus, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we've been doing that for now for three years. Um, we have. Uh, apparently that same form, um, platform last week, they, uh, that, that live, live church.tv added 14,000 new oh my live stream. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are like, how do we get a live stream? Right. Yeah. But, and you, so like, you see these, like, uh, m- uh, my mom's church is a small church in Indiana and she's figuring out how to do this on Facebook live. And I got to watch her sermon for the first time, uh, on video and, you know, it wasn't like super high tech, but it, it was, it was really, it was good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so there's that influence kind of thing going on where like our primary audience again was like who shows up on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And now you're thinking, okay, who am I speaking to? And it could be anybody. Right. Yeah. And and that's pretty cool to think of, of saying something that might be an encouragement or a help to someone who wouldn't necessarily come to a church because, you know, for me, it's not about getting people, so to speak, and getting mm-hmm. them to do our thing. And, and like, we're here to serve people, not, not them to serve us. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a cool thing. And it's not just so like to get them saved and then, you know, like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. put a notch in the spiritual belt, so to speak, but um, you know, to go to them. And I think there's a cool thing. And I think that, so the short answer again is yes, because um, we have, we can, we don't know exactly how many people are watching an individual device, you know, who are live streaming. But, um, so that number is usually 65 to hundred for us. And it was 750 uh, this last Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, there were five people in my house watching that. So say the average is, is, is not one, but two, that's still more, you know, that we usually have a thousand people in the building. So de- definitely more people are engaging. And I think that is a, that's a widening circle uh, and it includes kind of goes out from our normal community. But I, I think to get to the core of your question, I think there is something I, I sense this in myself. So I want to speak for uh, everybody, but not just uh, like, Oh my gosh, uh, I might die. I'm going to go 
kind of connect with God or find Jesus or something. But I think there is just a sort of fundamental truth that you discover in times of crisis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the sort of trappings or the way you kind of live in denial of the truth uh, gets stripped away. And for me, that's the slowing down, the isolation, the um, you know, sort of just disruption of my life um, is not been all bad. And is you know, I feel myself getting drawn closer to what is true and to, to other people and, and to God. And I think that's probably not just driven out of fear, but almost just driven by the situation itself, which, you know, for us, we're in the season of Lent, which is a season of, of re- reflection and slowing down and giving. Yeah. Stuff up. And it's like, yeah. holy cow, we didn't like, we didn't really think we were signing up for this much Lent. Right. You know, it's funny you <laughs> we say that because yeah. And it's funny you say that because I was talking to one of my, uh, one of my neighbors and he was saying, uh, that at his serve at his church, that his pastor had talked about, um, a, a chess concept that a lot of the pros use called playing without your queen. And so it was, it was, it's something that I want us to be able to use for an episode and it, it just about teaching perspective. And, and what they say is that the, a lot of the pros, they, they'll, purposely play games without their queen to see how well they they can think and react and move without having a piece like that, that is so pivotal to them winning the game. Uh And if you're able to still win without your queen, then you're, you're a pretty darn good chess player, you know? And so I think that a lot of, uh, Groups, there's a lot of churches, a lot of people in general are learning right now to play without their queen. And that queen is your comfort. Those are those things that you take advantage of that you know are always going to be there all the time or that you assume are always going to be there at the, all, all the time. Now, everyone pretty much thought that the, that the physical church will be there all the time. It's a place that you go. And part of the routine is you get up in the morning, you might go and get some breakfast, you go to church, you have the service. Maybe you go out to dinner or, or, right. or lunch or something like that, and then you go home and watch football or NASCAR or anything like that. All that shit got taken away. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so now you're playing without these comfort. You're playing without your queen. And it's like, how how good can life really be for you right now? And yeah. I think it's, it's exposing tons of people right now. And so I think it is forcing people to learn how to play chess and to to do things with intent and to go go places because they actually want to go there, uh, right. not because it's just part of the thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. heard there, there's so many people that have just said like their their reason for for their uh, anger or frustration with the situation is those words. It's what we do. Like, and, and to think that as grown adults saying like, it's just what we do. Like, that sounds like the way that I tell my dog, like, you know, you go out every morning, you, you feed them every morning. And so I think that we should be giving ourselves a lot more credit than we, than, than we are right now. And to be, if that makes any sense, like giving ourselves more credit or treating ourselves a lot better. And like I was saying, doing more things with intent. Like if we start, I, I, I firmly believe that if we are to start doing more things with intent, we'll get more out of them when they go to church. You know, I'm sure you see people right. whenever you're preaching, they're just zoned out and they're just there. No, they're, they're sitting they're there. absolutely engaged sitting there <laughs> all the time. They're raising their hands, asking questions. Yeah, and stuff. Definitely <laughs> not sleeping, you know, no, definitely. <laughs> No, you're, no, I think you're right. And I think we are, as a culture, addicted to comfort. 
Yes. And, um, and, and it's, and it's hard to say, well, let's choose to be just, you know, mm. uncomfortable or discomforted or, or scared or anxious, uh, or facing death. But, uh, you know, kind of go back to Lent, you know, that starts with us, uh, with Ash Wednesday, where, mm-hmm. where we say it's like, Hey, you're going to have your humanity rubbed in your face. That's the, the point of Ash Wednesday is to put yeah. it on your forehead where you can't run from it anymore. So mm-hmm. like themes of like choosing to, uh, like, like for us, the way that Christ would choose to walk into discomfort. And then the timing of this for us is super strange that it is a kind of a Lent thing. So like somebody, uh, somebody put out, somebody I I follow said, I didn't expect to give up this much for Lent Um, (laughs) because you never do like you never, but you know, I think the other thing I would just want to make sure to say is there is, I have had a a growing connection to our medical community just because I'm and yeah. people that I don't, uh, that I know are about as cool and almost clinical, uh, and definitely don't ever freak out as anybody you, you know, are worried. And that, mm-hmm. that I I'm, you know, their humanity, you know, like, I think we all, we hold up these folks as almost being superhuman. And, yes. um, I think we're discovering their humanity and I'm hearing just beautiful things of their sense of call to what they do and their selflessness and they're putting their lives at risk for us. That's also a theme, you know, that kind of self-sacrifice and stepping up to the plate on the behalf of the greater good. I mean, I, that's changing me just hearing their, their, um, courage and their willingness to serve us. Um, and, you know, we kind of think of a doctor almost as a job that you get so that you can, you can do well in life. Yeah. But these are people who are, you know, they are ultimately, they've taken an oath to serve and that's, that's pretty damn humbling. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things and I was actually having this conversation with my wife, who's a nurse, you know, she's she agrees that even the hospitals got um, they all got exposed as well. And uh, a lot of the practices and stuff like that, like everyone goes in with the intent to take care of people. But what is taking care of people when the comforts that you use to take care of people are also stripped? Yeah, and it's, and it's awesome. a and it's stripped by people who don't need them, unfortunately. You know, when you see that there's people buying up thousands of gloves and masks and stuff that these other people absolutely need, it makes you start to wonder, okay, it's like, it makes you honestly start to think of the other hospitals and doctors and stuff like that in other countries. And, and, right. and I don't want to use the term lesser countries, but you're like, people are still surviving from stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, do you take it to one level and say, do we double down on making more equipment or do we maybe scale things down? And, and I don't want to say not worry so much, but be like, it's a, it's, it's going to be all right. It's like those times where when we were all growing up as kids and like we dropped our pacifier and our, our parent will just stick it right back in our mouth or something yeah, like that. Depending on which kid it was, like exactly. the, first kid, the first kid, they bleached the pacifier, the third kid, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I wonder how we're going to start to view different things when, when that happens. And so that is going to, that leads me into thinking like when, if something like this were to ever happen as a, as a minister, I would imagine that it would be way less, 
way less to sweat about because you're like, I've seen this before, you know, like I've seen this before. We're going to be all right. You know, and I think that this will hopefully make you feel a lot less stressed now that you've been put really put to the test. This is nothing that they teach you in seminary. You know, it's not a class on this, right? Like yeah. uh, global pandemics 101. I don't know, yeah. but I don't think any, maybe some people do have classes on that. I, I hope. You know, I hope people do, but I certainly have it. Yeah. So what measures, and this is my last thing, what measures are you guys going to be taking in in the future uh, to be more prepared or to stay the course or whatever, or to still be able to have your message and still be able to bring people closer to God or to to closer to service their community or anything like that? What's your plan given this whole situation? How do you all think you're going to do better next time? You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I've been really pretty, pretty humbled by, and I keep using that word, I guess also grateful for is that uh, we are a community of people that is, is pretty adaptable and our leaders, uh, including my staff, the people that, you know, we've recruited to kind of be part of this movement of, of God, so to speak, in our community have been almost in lockstep. Let's we have systems. We have a, a kind of ethos of how we we shift and move and change and adapt uh, as as situations arrive, and that is an entire skill set that I think we'll carry. We are carrying forward. Sure. Uh, so it's like not a program and it's not necessarily a plan, but it is an approach. I guess mm. maybe to, to say that uh, more clearly. And, you know, I think I've may have, you, you know, and I may have shared um, that, you know, our community has experienced the death of two of our ministers in the last year. Uh, we've been through another crisis recently and uh, we are in and not not counting this uh, this sort of community crisis. And I think we are discovering that that comfort thing and that sort of only think about me thing. Um and the kind of, we've never been a community that's, oh, this is the way we have to do it. But even as adaptable as I think we were, I think we're learning how to be even more so mm-hmm. and to lean into this, the struggle a bit. And I think that is, that's probably that, that, that you don't lose that, you know, there's, yeah. like you, you kind of don't go back from that kind of thing. And I want, I'm kind of hopeful that everybody will be that way. I think there's a, you know, our whole, we have, the world has gone through something. Mm-hmm. We, we find our humanity in the midst of that. Yep. Uh, and I, I think I, I, I'm pretty hopeful about that. It seems like the thing that's happening. That's good. That's awesome. Well, man, I wanted to keep it nice and short. Uh, obviously our, our episodes tend to run a little bit long, but like I'm, I've been having a lot of fun doing stuff like this and interviewing people. And, uh, so I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this with me, man. Um, you're, you're, you're a hard person to get a hold of, man. <laughs> you're busy. Like what do you have a church to run or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I hope you are staying safe out there. Clean your yeah. hands, taking care of people. So. Yeah. Hey, great talking to you. All right, man. You take care. You have a good one, okay? Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. See you. Bye.